Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. Today I was reading in the news something I really didn't know, and that was that uh, Michelle Obama, the former president and his wife, actually went through IVF to have their babies. Their revelation comes, obviously, years after the children were born and really quite late on. But perhaps they didn't want to talk about it while he was in the limelight as President of the United States. She actually goes on and talks about the fact that the subject of going through IVF is taboo for many people. And they didn't want to tell anybody that they had an infertility problem. And like many of couples that I see, they don't want to tell anybody they don't want to talk to their, even their closest friends because they're scared that they're going to be earmarked as being abnormal. And that's certainly something that IVF has, has fought with for many years since the first baby was born, Louise Brown. I mean, at that point, the major headlines in the newspapers were how this was a freak, that there were a lot of people who actually didn't believe that it had happened and that the, the people claiming the, the birth were actually telling lies. And really from that point on, when it really was an experiment, people who got to the point of having IVF to try and have the baby that they always wanted would have been nervous about sharing that with everybody else in case they thought they were abnormal and that people would turn against them. Because even in society today, there is are small pockets of people who still think that IVF is interfering with God's will, that we're artificially creating children. But as a senior politician in Canberra said to me, even though he was a devout Catholic, he'd been through IVF with his wife and that they had children as a result of that. He said 
<laughs> for those who are using the teachings of some in the church to, against IVF, he said, God gave us the will, gave us the capacity, gave us the scientific knowledge to undertake IVF. And for him, it had created the joy in his life. And he was comfortable having gone through IVF. But that secrecy that often surrounds people going through IVF who, who don't want to tell anybody, perhaps is better than it was, but certainly I still have patients who you know, want to come in the back door because they don't want to be recognised in the hospital if there happened to be someone around, is why they're coming to a fertility clinic. But now in Australia with you know, one in 25 children being born through IVF, there's no real need to have that concern. The concern is primarily based upon the fact that people will say that there's something wrong with you, that maybe they'll guess that it's the man's sperm that's not as good as it should be, or that, that the female has blocked tubes because of something that she'd caught at some time in the past, or that she's some, suffering from some nasty disease like endometriosis. So though stigma is still around, but it's obviously far less. And the problem with IVF is if you are not sharing the issue with other people that you're going through it, the particular stress that IVF imposes just becomes so much worse. It's so good to be able to share the fact that you're going through something that's as stressful as IVF to, to get support. Michelle Obama's comments, in fact, in this magazine article, were greeted with a great deal of joy that she was so generous as to share the fact that they had been through all of this. She acknowledges the stress that they went through in the process, but how they'd had to keep it very secret. The telling of people, obviously most people don't want to, with any medical condition, don't particularly want to share it with the world, but often parents are very positive about providing support and friends. And in Australian society, certainly, there's a statistic that says that one in every two people knows somebody that went through IVF. And so it's not that different from any other medical treatment and increasingly being used. The stresses of a cycle that in a situation of being desperately keen to have a baby, couples enter the therapy of drugs and scans and blood tests and egg collections with the knowledge that even at best success rates aren't going to be much better than one in two and in fact probably closer to one in three. The majority of patients are actually going to fail despite that optimism that comes with at least we've got some chance of being pregnant and will be the ones. So there's what's called the roller coaster. As you start your treatment, the stress gradually begins to build. It carries on all the way through to the egg collection when we've all been reassured that there are multiple eggs, multiple follicles in the ovary and there are eggs to be found. And then we find the eggs and that's fantastic and you keep on going up the hopeful track. And then the news about the fertilisation, which is always a little disappointing. If you're expecting 100% fertilisation, that's not what happens. It's more like 60 or 70% of eggs will be fertilisable. 
then we begin to doubt, are we then going to get an embryo to put back? Will the cells grow in the way they're supposed to grow? And for five days we're wondering whether we're going to get that embryo to put back and how many will there be? Again, the expectation, unrealistic expectation for most of us is that we'll get uh, all of those that fertilize will grow on. That's incredibly rare. Usually, out of 10 fertilized eggs, we'll get an average of two blastocysts. Some people will get four or five, some people will get none. We don't know until the embryos are growing in the laboratory. At that point, if you do have a blastocyst and it's going to be transferred, the roller coaster hasn't yet started to, it's a significant decline. It's, it's, it's on the way down because the stress is increasing now. Is this going to be the embryo that's going to bring a pregnancy? The embryo transfer takes place and in most situations that'll be very straightforward, very easy procedure. And then you'll be told that there's a 10 day wait to know whether you're pregnant. That 10 day pause for many couples is reported to be the worst part of the whole process. Am I pregnant? Am I not? Every twinge, every pain, every discharge is a sign that may mean it's not working. Or is it? And those 10 days pass and then ultimately a pregnancy test is done. That's of course, unless a period beats the blood test, that the period comes signifying that the cycle has failed. Blood test comes and it's positive or negative. Obviously positive and again we're off again. We're going up the roller coaster with a hope that in nine months time the ride will be exhilarating and you'll have the baby that you want. If you have a negative test, the roller coaster races downwards and for many women it is one of the most traumatic experiences of their lives that having built up an expectation that expectation is not fulfilled it's a smack in the head it's a failure and recovering from that is very hard and i spend a substantial part of my consultations picking people up from that point how do we minimize that trauma having people around you who know that it's going on is is helpful having realistic expectations you know when i tell a woman who's 42 and going through IVF that they have a 10% chance of a baby, they're not listening. By 10%, they think that's 100% for them as individuals. And they will build up unrealistic expectations. It's uh, human nature. The stress can get to the point of being psychologically disturbing, of requiring psychiatric intervention even in, in some rare cases. But certainly counselling for couples going through IVF when it's not successful is, very, is provided by all the clinics. And for some it is a, a saviour and uh, gets them to the point of picking themselves up and potentially going again. They should only go again, however, if there's a realistic chance of a pregnancy. So the Obamas added it to my list of famous people who've had babies with IVF. There are very many. I've personally treated 
a number of important, well-known people. Uh, Ricky Ponting and his wife, we had a, have had a success with them. They've documented in, their, in Ricky's book about his career. Those children are um, a testimony that um, IVF and its technology is, has really come of age. It is traumatic, but it is worthwhile when the result is a crying baby. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.